I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you.
And welcome back, fuckers, to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my lovely, beloved better half. Feelin'. Hello, Patriots. So uh, we are here tonight from the war footing because we have uh, <laughs> taken up the battle. We've relocated our studio. We are uh, beginning to sell our house. So wow. it's going to be like this just for a little bit. I promise we and, will be back. we're in a new house, which hopefully our house will sell in like a week or so. And well, then we can get into a new house and, you know. That's what we're hearing at least. We'll see. We're going to try. Either way, tonight uh, we've had. Um, well, we had. Pete from Liberty Lighthouse uh, come on the show. We were on his show a couple weeks ago, and Pete is a member of the Constitution Party, so he and I actually uh, hooked up through Cloud Hub um, for all of us that watch us on Cloud Hub. Thank you very much, and uh, tune in to Pete's Liberty Minute because he runs down the news of the day in a minute, in a very snarky minute. I love his snarky tone. It's pretty funny, actually. They're always snarky. Yeah, so he invited us on his show to talk about the Constitution Party versus the Patriot Party, and we came to discover that there's not a whole lot of difference, actually. Actually, they're pretty much the same. Except the Constitution Party is actually a legitimate party with uh, already established infrastructure and the Patriot Party is more of a movement at this point so we we may be hijacking the Constitution Party rather than the Republican Party I, and I, I can't say we'd be hijacking it co-opting maybe no just taking being it over? a part of it yeah okay being a member of it I I, I think that's the the Patriot Party kind of sits within that realm and that's kind of what we got. We get into. You'll see here shortly. Uh, if you continue on listening, because if you're not a constitutionalist, or ninety percent of everybody that listens to us is a constitutionalist, because I'm a constitutional conservative. I believe in the Constitution wholeheartedly from start to finish. The Constitution was put here two hundred years ago. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, folks. That's the way I think about it. Yeah. Uh, Pete kind of exemplifies that. Uh, so. We're just kind of, we agree to agree on a whole lot of things. There's only a very few things we disagree with, and uh, they're medial at best. Yeah, so so the 75% rule definitely applies to this, where if you can agree on 75% of someone's politics or whatever, and we're closer to probably 90, 95% with them. So yeah, I'm I'm good on that one. Um, Other than that, I mean, it was it was a good conversation. Really uh, we was. We had a great time. We we touched on the news of the day as well, uh, a little bit. So um, we actually recorded the interview a couple days ago. I believe we spoke a bit about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Correct. Then, of course, now if, it's if gone you to guys jury. have been watching it, it did close today, and it was pretty funny because the very first thing the judge did was throw out the uh, the gun charge. Oh yeah, because it is. It was, gun as actually, we said over and over again uh, in our last news, pos- too, news podcast, that it was legal for Kyle to have the gun because there is an exemption in the law. And, of course, the news media is trying to play it that the law was, was written wrong. The law is incorrect. Well, you know what? The law is the law. And that's what it comes And the down law to. was written, so. So that's, that's how it is. So uh, it was legal for him to have that gun, and there it goes. And that was kind of what the defense. The prosecution's whole case was hinging upon was that the gun was illegal in the first place and therefore everything else, all the other actions he took that night were illegal because the gun was illegal. 
Well, if the gun was legal, then um, there makes we go. everything else legal, kind of, <laughs> sort of, in a weird way. So, uh, yeah. Um, so that being said, um, we also will have an interview with Dr. Sherwood coming up. We uh, recorded with him today, so that'll be coming out in the next day or two. And um, he was, of course, as always, fantastic. So go to extremely gracious with his time too, yes. because he like he he came on a little late, and normally we're okay with that, but. He gave us, he made it up in the back end. So. Yeah, and then we just, you know, we chatted for a few minutes because we love Dr. Sherwood. He's, yeah. he's just so fantastic. So if y'all aren't familiar with Dr. Sherwood, um, check out his free ebook. Um, at go to sherwood.tv slash Patriot Party, and you can get his free ebook. Um, Save up to 10% too on like his. Uh, his supplements, supplements, his vitamins, his vitamins. Yep. yep. Even his uh, genetic testing, genetic profiling. Yep. That's pretty fantastic. It is not sent to China, um, so uh, that's great. And we we thanked him for helping my mom because she's feeling much much better. Uh, we also have to bring Dr. Stella Manuel back on and thank her because she was the one that provided the ivermectin that had my mom right as rain in less than a week. Uh, so again, with Dr. Stella, um, the promo code is defiant. Go to Dr. Stella, MD, D R S T E L L A M D.com. And you can save 5% on your teledoc visit, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, as Mick always likes to say. Better to have and not need than need and not have. Correct. So, and we were in the situation where we needed, and uh, and we got it, and super quick too. And like I said, my mom's right as rain now, and we got our own hydroxychloroquine just as a precaution. And um, we've been taking it actually, yeah. quite regularly. Yes, now. although I will say you should take it with food because otherwise it makes you kind of loopy. At least for me. Well, just you because I didn't feel any loopiness, but <laughs> I tell you what, You're I loopy. shit right as rain now. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Thanks for that. So it got rid of whatever parasites were in your body. That is correct. Well, no wonder it stinks so bad in our bathroom. Anyway, you'll have that in those big jobs. <laughs> um, and before we get on to uh, the interview with Pete, don't forget Black Friday is right around the corner. That's right. So, my friends, go to mypillow.com and enter the promo code Defiant, and you can save up to 66% on anything you purchase from uh, MyPillow. This is to include the MyPillow slippers, which are fantastic. Our, which uh, our kids are so jealous right crap. now. Like, our 10 year old, almost 10 year old, was like, Mom. Do they have slippers for kids? I was like, I don't think so, buddy. He's like, well, I almost fit into your su- your shoes. So can you just get me a pair in your size and I'll grow into them? And I was like, that's that's actually kind of a good idea. <laughs> and, uh, you know, not only that, go get the mattress topper because if you want to, it, everybody's complained about sleep. Everybody I know Seriously. of complains about sleep. Go get the mattress topper. Yeah. Do it. It will change your whole sleep habit. It will change everything about the way you sleep. Go get the sleep topper uh you're gonna sleep 900 times better not only that uh the Giza dream sheets with that oh the, my god buy one, you were talking right now that is a whole game changer right yeah there. so you that, will sleep that for a good 12 hours when you night. when you put one set in the wash you have another one to put right on the bed because Correct. once you sleep on those Giza dream sheets you are not going to want to sleep on anything else so also the my pillow towels uh we have been using <laughs> them now for more than a month yeah amazing they really are go get you some my pillow and towels. they're even better after you wash them like some towels once you wash them they, they get, get kind of like stiff yeah. yeah no not these they got softer nope. 
It yep. was pretty fantastic. And, of course, it's made in the U.S., so you don't have to worry about them sitting on a ship off the coast of California, because I think there's currently 111 ships sitting off the coast of California. Yeah, but there's not yeah. one. There's one is is now, it's like our number one sponsors, they were the first ones to jump on board, and that would be the Culture of Life 1972. Yep. And uh, they now they've been supporting the Patriot Party podcast for a hot minute. And I got to tell you, folks, if you want to feel good about the clothes you're wearing, you want to feel good about the decision you made of the clothes you're wearing. This is where you go. You go to Cultural Life 1972. Support a culture of life. Do not support a culture of death. Do not support something that supports abortion. You know what's crazy is that I, I know so many people now that go to the grocery store or they go clothes shopping or whatever, and they're scrolling through their phones going, where do these companies spend their money, right? I mean, okay, do, Lay's potato chips, and I just thought of that because I posted that our favorite Lay's picture on Twitter just a few minutes ago. Oh, a bag of dicks? <laughs> a bag of dicks, yes. <laughs> but, you know, like people, you're looking it up on your phone, like, okay, what does Lay's support? Or, you know, Nike. Everyone hates Nike these days. We know they use child slave labor in China, right? Or, um, but whatever brand name it is, when you go to Culture of Life 1972, you know where their their profits go to. It goes to support the culture of life. It goes to fight against abortion. And that is so important. I mean, it is to us anyway. So hopefully it is to you as well. So look, it, again, if you want to feel good about the clothes you're wearing, they were our first sponsor. And by far, uh, they've been around since the beginning best ones we've had so far and i gotta tell you i support everything they do cultural life 1972 col 1972 not 1973 because 1973 was what the year that roe v wade passed that it would be correct and what do we got coming up here one december one december yep i don't know what's coming one december 1973 was the date in which roe v wade Roe v. Wade was passed. Excellent. So 1973, 1972 obviously was the last year that we had a culture of life. So one, one more time, culture of life, 1972. Use the promo code Patriot Party and save 10% on your order. Correct. Uh, I, I That's it. Done. That's it. So enjoy the interview with Pete. It's a great conversation. And uh, we look forward to having him on again or going back on the Liberty Lighthouse again. That would be accurate. All right. So. For that, I'm not going to take it. Not going to take it. Have a good night, folks. Enjoy the show. And welcome back, fuckers, to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my much more beloved better half. Feelin', hello, Patriots. She's now a mile higher as well, because we just got back from Denver. <laughs> and tonight, we got a special guest. Uh, we got Pete, and he's from the uh, Lighthouse. Liberty Lighthouse. Liberty Lighthouse. And uh, he's joining us tonight. Uh, we went on his show, was it, about a week Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. And he's here tonight uh, to uh, maybe gain, gain some of you as listeners. Um, and continue a bit of the conversation we had on his show. Yeah, that was actually a very good show. So, Pete, mm -hmm. go ahead and uh, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself and uh, what uh, Liberty Lighthouse is so everybody can um, get a good idea. And you have a lot more liberty here. We allow you to cuss. So you be, feel free to talk to people <laughs> like you talk to everybody in the world. Yeah, well, what Mick is referring to there is uh, my show, Liberty Lighthouse, airs on the Mojo 50 radio network, and they don't allow the F-bomb. And uh, that, that had Mick biting his tongue a couple of times during, during the show a couple of weeks ago. But my name is Peter Serafine. Uh, I'm a U.S. Navy vet from the first Gulf War. And I uh, 
I, I really ignored politics most of my life. And a couple of years ago, probably close to four years ago, I really started getting frustrated with the progress that was going on in the world. And I wrote my first book, the first thing I ever wrote to be published. It was called Progress, Really? And I wrote it, I published it, and then I started to blog and people said, hey, you've got a good radio voice. You should do a podcast. So I started a podcast, uh, podcast one around six or eight months or something like that. And I, I uh, joined the Mojo Five O Radio Network. And now Liberty Lighthouse is on the Mojo Five O Radio Network World Broadcast Network out of London. And uh, I started the Liberty Minute, which is my snarky every morning news headline review that I try to keep to about a minute. How lucky are you with that? I, you know, the Liberty Minute gets 10 times the viewers that my actual show does, which I think is a, uh, a commentary on the attention span of the average American. I'll put up a Liberty Minute and get 10,000 views. I put up my show and I get like seven people watching it live and a couple of hundred during the course of the week. <laughs> well, well, no, I was asking like, how lucky are you to keep it within a minute? Oh, yeah, no. Um, it's hard to do. It, and I get called out every now and then people call me out because they can tell I'm reading a script. And I'm like, yeah, I'm reading a script, a script that I wrote using the word count to try to keep it to under a minute and it's it really is hard to keep it under a minute i can imagine it must be because we have difficulty keeping our show to two hours so um <laughs> well i mean and you don't you're just doing the liberty lighthouse minute which is uh, a minute and you don't have a co-host who likes to ramble Yes, you don't have a co-host who likes to ramble, ramble and um, go on and on and repeat the same thing over and over again. Either so, way. Yes, I understand that completely. So what, was your, uh, so what was your red pill moment? Because we always ask everybody the same first question. What was your red pill moment? What was the moment when you realized... Uh, All is not right with the world. Correct. Well, I, I've always leaned toward the conservative side. But the, the thing that I guess you could call my red pill moment, the moment that, that spurred me to action to write the book and then now a second book and podcast and all that stuff. That was actually the abortion laws in New York and Virginia uh, from, was it 2017, I guess, when both states decided that, oh, no, you could have an abortion right up until the baby comes out. And then in the case of Virginia, you know, Governor Northam coming on and a pediatrician, I might add, coming on and saying, well, in the case of a botched abortion, if the baby happens to come out alive, We'll keep the baby comfortable while we discuss what to do with it. I'm like, what? You're a freaking pediatrician. You swore an oath to do no harm. I don't care if it was a botched abortion or not. You now have a live child on a table. You will treat it. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's pretty much murder at that point. I mean, you you can't you can't get away from that. That's murder. I agree. Infanticide. Yeah. That's that's horrible. I mean, I can't even can't even fathom it. That's kind of uh, I don't know. I can't. Uh, that just disgusts me altogether. I I'm a anti-abortion. I would have to say a, a large anti-abortion activist. I don't believe in any abortion, but um, I believe every child, every right to life. But whatever. And uh, now it's come out that those uh, what they called botched abortions were botched on purpose because then they were selling the babies for parts and uh, as disgusting and horrendous as that is that's what they use to create things like you know the jab and uh 
Pepsi Cola and other medications that people take all the time that yep. didn't pre- didn't previously have aborted fetal tissue in them, like Tylenol that's been around forever, and then they started putting it in them. So that's just messed up too. But uh, they, they had a uh, – so when we were on your show the last time, we had a conversation about uh, – we were talking – well, we talked about a, a ton of stuff. Um, but uh, one of the things that uh, you brought up, I believe, was the uh, uh, the Constitution Party, Yeah, if I remember correctly. And I have now done a little research into that. Okay. I have uh, come full circle on it. And uh, I, I, I agree. I'm in the – the wrong outfit, so to speak. I should be uh, a constitutional American. I completely agree. The more and more I looked into it, I actually read just the mission statement alone. And when I got through the mission statement, I thought about it for like 48 hours. And then I like sat down and I said, what am I doing? Where, where's this been? Why didn't I even know it exists? I mean, I knew there was another party. I just never understood like I was blinded by the two-party system we supposedly have, which I obviously know now we don't, and the two-party system that we that we you know claim to have. And uh, when I read about it, I just read the mission statement alone, and I was just like, "Holy crap!" I, it took me forty-eight hours to digest it and say, "All right, so how does this fit with me?" And then I looked at it and I was like, "Holy crap! I should be a constitutionalist. What am I doing?" Well, I'm not going to say that you're in the wrong outfit or the wrong group or anything like that, because at the end of our at my show, when you were on with me, we all came to the realization the Constitution Party is an honest-to-goodness political party. The Patriot Party is a movement like the old Tea Party. Correct. So you can be a registered member of the Constitution Party and still be part of the Patriot Party movement. They're not mutually exclusive things. Well, there are, we, we say that it's a two-party system, but there are actually five nationally recognized political parties in this country. Democrats and Republicans, everybody knows. Yep. Libertarians, Green, and Constitution Party. Yep. It's funny, Republicans and or conservatism only has, quote-unquote, two, and libertarians have three. Well, I guess libertarians would be part of the conservative side, but that is, uh, that is interesting. They're trying to bridge the gap, I think, libertarians. They're, uh, as we like to say, f- fiscally conservative and socially liberal. Socially completely liberal. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, they're, they're all, you know, you do you. You have the freedom to do whatever you want, and that includes to not pay taxes. So, you know. We're- not pay taxes. Feel free to cross the border of any country because, you know, borders aren't real. And, yeah, there's – and, oh, abortion? Yeah, whatever. That's not me. You know, there are – I, I, I agree with libertarians on probably 75 to 80 percent of their of their stuff. But the the 20 to 25 percent that I don't agree on, I really, really don't agree on. There's one thing on the Constitution Party that I don't agree with. One thing in their platform. What's that? They don't support the Convention of States. And I do. Which I heard they're calling for a, or there's, it's ongoing right now, right? A new convention of states? There's a, there's a push for it. Um, the con- convention of states action.com uh, is, or is it's, it's convention of states.com, but convention of states actions, the name of the group, they've, it's founded by Mark Meckler. 
and they've been pushing for it. In order to call a convention of states, an Article 5 convention, you need 34 states to pass the resolution in their state houses. And then once the 34 states are uh, pass it, then the convention is called. All 50 states get to send their delegations. They come up, they whoop together whatever they want to as far as constitutional amendment suggestions. And then 38 states have to ratify anything that comes out of that convention, just like a, a, a constitutional amendment that were to be put forth by Congress. 38 states have to ratify it. I think they're at 17 states that have passed the, the uh, resolution asking for a convention all the way through uh, both houses of, of their uh, state legislatures. Respective states. What um, what are they looking to change? I'm, uh, I have not heard of this yet. This is the first I'm hearing of this, so I'm interested to hear what they're looking to change or what are they looking – what is they, their object or what's their goal? They want uh, uh, to restrain the federal government back to the U.S. Uh, Constitution. They want, they want fiscal restraints, something like a balanced budget amendment, for example. Um, they want term limits or – I don't think they actually say term limits, but they want they want more control over our government instead of our government in control over us. They want more more state power. They have five bullet points that they that they are asking for, and I don't remember them all off the top of my head. Other than the you know fiscal restraint is the one big one that I recall. Well, now there's I heard last I heard twenty six states that are suing the Biden administration over the vaccine mandate. So. Um, that hopefully will they'll fall into the convention of states as well because you know one really leads right into the other. Well, I I have taken the stand from the beginning that the uh, the jab is not a vaccine. Correct. Um, and the only the only reason that they can call it a vaccine is because the CDC changed the definition of the vaccine and removed the word immunity. To me. I don't care if it's mRNA or, you know, virus, like the old-fashioned vaccine. That part doesn't bother me one way or the other. The part that bothers me is if it doesn't impart immunity and doesn't stop the spread, A, it's not a vaccine, and B, you have just removed all legal, moral, or ethical grounds to mandate it. If, if I can get the shot and still give the disease to somebody else, there's no reason to have it, no reason to force it. And with that, the you know that's the other part of it that I mean you heard today obviously uh, as everybody else uh, well at least this past week you've heard uh, we heard Biden come out and again blow off the Constitution blow off the okay. um, you know the court and say well you know you can uh, go ahead you know I'm going to mandate this on smaller businesses and you can go ahead and still go mandate your people to go get the vaccine. And everybody's saying, well, there's going to be a ton of lawsuits coming from that. And I'm, I'm fairly certain that's that the case. But the one that really kind of threw me for a loop is um, I now have heard, I, I, I don't understand why, but now I'm understand, I'm hearing at least the rumblings of these smaller companies now, for instance, one of the companies I work for, and uh, that are the smaller business types, that are now saying, yeah, we're going to go ahead and mandate the vaccine. And I'm like, wait, don't you, don't you know that like, this is illegal? Like, that's why a judge said, no, stop. Um, and it's going to destroy their business. What I don't understand is why everybody in the planet isn't standing up and saying, this is a violation of the Nuremberg code. 
the 10 rules of the Nuremberg Code. Um, I did an hour show where I went through all 10 of them, and we're violating seven of the 10. And kind of iffy on the other three. Yeah. The, the big one is you cannot force, coerce, or manipulate people into getting an experimental drug. And you might, you know, somebody's going to say, well, the Pfizer vaccine is approved. No, it's not. Comirnaty is approved. Comirnaty is the Pfizer vaccine that has a full, honest-to-goodness FDA approval, and it's not available in the United States. And they still haven't made it. Right. They still because haven't made it. Why would they? They well, have they have complete you know liability protection running under the emergency use authorization, and the emergency use authorization by definition means that it is an experimental drug. So it's a violation of the Nuremberg Code. Which is why they're trying so hard to push it on kids, because if they can get it onto the kids' childhood vaccine schedule, then they get automatic immunity from that as well. So um, then they say it's a childhood vaccine, but since it's so new, all the adults have to get it and they have immunity. One of the reasons they're pushing it so hard on kids, the other being, you know, depopulation, infertility, control, all that good stuff. And you, think, you have to understand. You have to understand. You just made Vlin's night too, because you brought up the Nuremberg, uh, the <laughs> Nuremberg rules. Holy I, crap! I read them on a pretty regular basis on our podcast. To be quite honest, I go over the Nuremberg Code on on the regular because it's Good. important. I'm I, waiting for the day when one of these lawsuits actually makes it into court, and some some attorney. Hell, I'll do it. Somebody stands up in court and makes the points that I just made. It doesn't stop transmission. Therefore, you have no legal grounds, no moral grounds, no ethical grounds to mandate it. And oh, by the way, it's also a violation of federal law. I'm sorry, international law known as the Nuremberg Code because it's an experimental drug. That is, uh, again, uh, another fantastic point because, but again, I've got to fall back into play devil's advocate. Joe Biden showed he could care less about the constitution. He could care less about our own laws, let alone what laws were made in another country. He, he doesn't even remember what planet he's on most days. I, I just have to put it that way. I mean, I've heard some really disturbing stuff this week about what's really going on in the white house. And I was actually like, Holy crap, I cannot believe this. And literally, actually not even literally, it would be physically. There's a lot of crap flowing in the white house from what I heard. But if you want to back up to to the first time that he stood at a podium and said, well, all of my constitutional experts are telling me that we can't do this, but we're going to go ahead and do it anyway regarding the uh, eviction moratorium. Yeah. The very next day, the Constitution Party of the United States of America, one of those five political parties, introduced a resolution for impeachment of Joe Biden for violation of his oath of office. And... No, no. Well, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene actually did. She uh, she introduced a resolution for impeachment for the same reason. And then again for the mandates. Um, I think she's put up like four or five resolutions to impeach Joe Biden at this point. But no one cares. Yeah, everybody cares about Marjorie. Yeah. Which, you know, I've always liked Marjorie. And Mick thought she was a wackadoodle completely. But um, our one of our... Very favorite people in politics is Candace Taylor, Dr. Candace Taylor. She's running for governor of Georgia. In fact, we're going to be speaking, uh, introducing her at her rally tomorrow. And she's friends with Marjorie. And she convinced Mick that uh, Marjorie's kind of gotten a, a bad rap, that she's not as 
batshit crazy as he made her out to be. Actually, she's she's more like us, which I guess no, a lot I, of people think we're batshit crazy. So that's I, I was saying that she's she's wacky doodle as far as the other politicians are concerned. They, oh, yeah. She, I don't. She might, you know, a little bit, but we're all a little bit crazy. <laughs> We're on here, aren't we? Yes, we're all crazy. By the way, uh, your governor friend, uh, give her my number, my show information. I am hosting any and all political candidates for town hall style shows where I open a phone line and let listeners and viewers call in and ask questions of the candidate live. Oh, absolutely. We yeah. will pass that information right along. I will tell her all about it. She's already been on pretty much. Uh, she's gone to every podcast that yeah. we've sent her to. Like she went to Sue Peters Sue and Vandersteel. Peters Van Der Steel, yeah. uh, Red Pill Project. Um, she went to, uh, shoot, I can't even remember all of them. She's been on Fringe uh, or uh, uh, what is it? Mike Lindell's uh, channel, the podcast that he does. I forget the name. Frank Speech. Yeah. Frank Speech. Frank Speech is his platform. I don't know the name of his show. But he was, she was on there, and she's uh, she's been all over. She's really been doing a heck of a job here in Georgia. I was actually very amazed with – I mean, she keeps blowing, uh, well, Vernon Jones out of the water, which is hysterical because he's an idiot. But either <laughs> way, um, have you had a chance to go see that interview, though, with Vernon Jones and Stu Peters? Because the last time we talked, we talked about that. I, I told you about that interview to go. You did tell me about it. I, I honestly forgot to go back and look at it. I was just trying to give you a bit of humor so you could laugh at something for the rest of the day because that was a riot. Yeah, it really was. I, I enjoyed that interview because I thought that was funnier than heck. So, Pete, what you said there's a, there was only one part of the Constitution Party of their platform that you did not agree with. What are the other parts that you do agree with? They are pro-Second Amendment. They, they think that almost every federal law uh, – I'm sorry, they – believe that almost every gun control law is unconstitutional they are pro-life they think abortion is absolutely wrong at any point in life uh they believe in strong borders and that anyone who crosses a border illegally is a criminal uh they you know i was gonna pull up a i've got a spreadsheet that i made that has the libertarian party versus the constitution party side by side and i was gonna pull it up and i forgot to do that before the show um but i You've got to they, send that to me because I'd love to see that. Well, I, I did an episode on it. You can listen to me talk about it. Ooh, you there you go. <laughs> I can listen to it then. Uh, one of the things that uh, – yeah, I forgot where I was going. Oh, one of the things I like most about their, part, their the party platform is that every paragraph, every bullet point within the Constitution Party platform ties back to and quotes – the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution and, well, and explains why they believe what they believe. Well, now that I like that. I, I actually really that I. All right. Pick a topic, abortion, criminal justice, firearms, environment, health, uh, immigration policy, labor or taxes. And I, I love the fact that they don't say anything about. Do they say anything about the environment? Yeah, environment's in there. What's the environment? All right. Uh, D, 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 D. Let me, I got to find it again. Immigration, foreign policy, abortion, criminal justice, education, energy, environment. The Constitution Party stance on environment. Quote, it is our responsibility to be prudent, productive, and efficient stewards of God's natural resources. In that role, we are commanded to be fruitful and multiply and to replenish the earth and develop 
to develop it. We reject the argument of the perceived threat of man-made global warming, which has been refuted by a large number of scientists. We call for a return to the states and to the people, all lands which are held by the federal government without authorization in the Constitution. We also call for the repeal of the Federal Wetlands Regis Legislation and Federal Endangered Species Act and oppose environmental treaties and conventions. Yep. That's why I said I read, like I opened it up. I, I just read the mission statement. Mission statement yeah. for the most part. I, it's not a mission. They call it something else, but I, I dubbed it a mission statement because I was like, okay, that's that's the way you open something. You say, hey, look, this is what our overall goal, our overall goal is. And uh, the, one of the quotes in there, if I remember correctly, was from uh, the Federalist Papers, uh, Federalist 46. And uh, it was, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember it now. Yeah, it's gone. It was there. It's gone. But anyway, if you go into Federalist 46, there's, if you go look at the webpage, if you go online, what's the, what's the address again? I don't remember it off the top of my head. I had to actually look for it myself. Constitutionparty.com. There you go. So if you go to constitutionparty.com, you look up the opening. There's, uh, there's an excerpt from Federalist 46 somewhere in there. And it was actually very well put where it was put in the middle there i was like wow i like that and i i read it i was like wow this is this is outstanding uh i i sat back thought about it for about two days and said you know pete's right i'm i'm i i'm not doing any good being an independent where i consider myself a, a constitutional conservative i'm more of just a constitutionalist than i am a i mean i don't get me wrong i'm conservative on that side too but what other things do you cover on your show? What other things do you talk about other than the news and uh, politics? What I, what I try to do that may, I think makes my show a little different is I attempt to spend the entire hour speaking on one topic. I, I really try not to to uh, headline surf, as I call it. I I spend an entire hour on one topic so yesterday was was my show i i uh i live stream on thursday nights and then it rebroadcasts in audio format on saturday nights on mojo and world broadcast network um i was supposed to have a a uh, governor candidate on with me last night they canceled last minute so i had no show prep and so i sat down in front of the camera and turned on the mics and stuff and i played my veterans day speech because i record a speech for every uh patriotic holiday that was about 10 minutes so for the next 45 minutes i just complained about how everything biden is you know he's blaming us for his problems and he's blaming the prior administration for his problems he's blaming covid for his problems when every one of the problems has a very simple answer get out of the way that couldn't be any well <laughs> <laughs> and actually it wouldn't even be get out of the way uh just Get out of the White House. That is El Numero Uno. Well, I mean, immigration. Oh, there's hundreds of thousands of people pouring across the border. Well, enforce oh, the, wall. the freaking law. Yeah. And enforce the laws on the books. Anybody who crosses that border is a criminal. Send them back. And well, at this point, we're at 10 million because they've, they've gotten 2 million. And mixed sources are telling him that that's only... 20% of what's actually come across the border. So we're looking at 10 million illegal immigrants have come across the border since January 
2020. Yeah, well, and they have it even worse because it, it's they opened the borders up and they started rushing the border the day that he was inaugurated, obviously. Yeah. Um, and you go forward from there. And one of the things that at first I thought, because I saw these numbers come across, I'm like, wait a minute, what the hell are they really trying to do? And I first thought that maybe they were trying to skew the counts for the uh, election uh, or not so much the election, but like, for instance, the... Uh, audits that were going on for the election, like all these people, oh, well, you're supposedly, uh, you, there's people there that and they were giving people identification, apparently, from what I understand, too. There are places that they were going to pick up identification for voter rolls in different states, and they were told to go live in that state until they got a federal a phone call from, or somebody came and knocked on the door, and then they were allowed to go wherever they wanted in the U.S., but they yeah. had to go to this one location at this one date, until this one yeah. date. DeSantis said he was going to do yesterday. Yes. yes. Take the illegals and ship them to Delaware. That's fantastic. 70 flights at night. Gone, yeah. 70 middle of the night flights have gone from Texas to, to uh, I believe it was Tallahassee. It could have been Jacksonville. I forget. Anyway, 70 flights from, from Texas to Florida in the middle of the night without notifying state authorities or anything like that. DeSantis says he's going to rent buses and send them all to Delaware. I love but it. Pisaki says that two o'clock in the morning is the morning. It's not the middle right, of the night. Right, yeah. So that doesn't count. It, it, I mean, that's how stupid this has gotten. This is where we're at. It's gotten that dumb about this that they're nitpicking words now. And I, I, I was listening to uh, Bongino yesterday. He brought up a great point. One of his points he brought, uh, you remember David, uh, was it Dinkins? Dinkins was the uh, mayor in New York City before Rudy Giuliani. And, um, I, he said this part, and I got to agree with him on him. He said, he's like, you know, when Dinkins was the mayor of New York City, um, they said at the end of his term, because Dinkins did a horrible job, he absolutely destroyed New York City. And then Rudy Giuliani came in and just cleaned it all up. But when Dinkins was there destroying it, at the end of it, when even the poli- or when it, even the news reporters realized that, like, man, Dinkins is really jerking this, he's really fucking this up. They came in and said, you know what? Well, he was a he was a great Democrat, but he was a really poor leader. And it's already going. It when he said that he was just like, I'm going to call this, I'm going to dub this the Dinkins effect. And we're see, it, it. It happened all day today. I heard it four times today on the freaking on TV on uh, just in news broadcasts. People were saying, well, Joe Biden's a really he's a really good Democrat, but he's just a really poor leader. Joe Biden. All right. Joe Biden has caused, caused me to break one of my personal rules. Until the, until the inauguration of Joe Biden, I have never spoken ill about a sitting president. I can't stop talking about this jerk, Rod. He, from beginning of his career, which, by the way, happened the year I was born. He, he was elected to Senate the year I was born. You're 120 years old? You look really <laughs> good, Pete, I gotta say. Oh, thank you. Thank you <laughs> Don't get me wrong, the gray and the beard? <laughs> that might be a little... You Nick, got some salt Nick, and pepper going on Nick there. Nick dyes his, so don't let him give you a yeah, hard time. Yeah, no, That's when mine comes in. coloring right there. Mine comes in tiger-striped. <laughs> it looks like a, like when I had a beard, like I grew a beard in uh, Afghanistan. The first time I ever grew a beard in Afghanistan when I was over there with Special Forces, all the guys looked at me and they said, dude, what's wrong with your beard? 
even the Afghans were coming up, looking at me, going, grabbing my beard, going, what's wrong with your beard? Because it came in looking like tiger stripes right across. I had streaks of gray just right through the beard. And everybody was laughing about it. And I was just like, all right, screw this. I wrote home to her. I was like, hey, send me boxes of Just for Men dye for so I could dye my beard. And like, I refuse to dye anything. If I, I, I don't dye my hair, I don't dye my face. It is yeah, but it is. Yours, yours comes in, yours looks more natural the way it is. Mine came in looking like I went out and spray painted like the side of a house and it was, or a gate, or I was just on the other side of a gate tilted the right way and everything was striped across my face. I mean, I look like a zebra. It was really bad. Well, what I was saying about Biden is that from the beginning of his career, he has always been a political animal that that went whichever the way the wind blows. You could you could look at his voting record when when it was fashionable to be anti-immigration, he was anti-immigration. When it was fashionable to be pro-immigration, he's pro-immigration. He has never stood on any principle other than he's a racist. That's the only thing that's been consistent throughout his entire career. And that was even better identified at his Veterans Day speech. When he yeah. said the great Negro, yeah, yeah, and I yeah, was yeah. like, "You have got to be kidding me!" And then I shot toasters, and the duck ate the wood. Joe Biden. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I had no high hopes for him. Um, I, I honestly hoped he wouldn't screw everything up right away, and uh, it, that's exactly what he has done. Everything that he has touched has been destroyed. I mean. I'm expecting my, I have a natural gas furnace in my home. I'm expecting my own fuel bill uh, for heating this winter to be 30% higher. Um, if we have a mild winter, if you have heating oil, uh, your bill is expected to be 50% higher this year. And this is hundreds of dollars that I'm going to spend on heating my house. Like it usually costs me, yeah. $1,200, $1,300 a year to heat my house over the winter. It's going to cost me 2000 or more this year. Well, the National Budget Office came out just recently here, and, or just yesterday. They came out with a story, and they said that uh, they completely destroyed uh, Joe Biden again. He lied to us again. He said he was not going to increase taxes on the middle class. Um, right. And they just said the national budget office just because they just passed the three point five or the one point five trillion um, pork perculus bill, and they said that that one point five trillion is in, going to increase taxes over four hundred percent on the middle class. Right. It, uh, what I read was that it was expected that about thirty percent of those making less than $400,000 would have significant tax increases. Yeah. And that doesn't include inflation, which is a tax in and of itself, because right. I mean, they say inflation's at what, five or 6%, which is the highest it's been in who knows how long, but really it's looking at like 20% because if you look at the cost of everything, they don't count gas and food in when they calculate inflation and food has gone up a ridiculous amount. I went to the grocery store today and I bought half of what I normally buy for the same amount of money. Um, Crap. It, Crap. It, it's double. have both announced 25% increases across the board. So your 99 cent box of Kraft macaroni and cheese is going to be a dollar 25 very soon. That's that to me is like, hello. And I, the thing that drives me crazy is there's still liberals out there 
that are defending this, that are saying, oh, this is great. This is good for America. We're going to make money. I mean, Pete, um, Pete, I don't want to say this. I was going to say something else and I can't now. But Pete Buttigieg just came out and went on the guy that can talk forever about anything and never say anything was just on the other day and he was on, I, I saw him on Fox News and he was on there for a good five minutes running his neck about at the end of the day, it was nothing, but he was talking about the infrastructure bill and about how roads were racist. And I'm yeah, yeah. going, I'm going, what are you? Are you? The road that divides the town obviously had okay. race in the design. Like So, and, and he was talking about specific overpasses on parkways in New York City, okay? Now, Mick and I grew up in New York City. Do you know why they call it a parkway? They call it a parkway because it has scenic aspects to it and they designed it that way because they, they want to make you feel like you're driving through a park. So one of those scenic aspects is a low stone bridge. So the overpass is one of those pretty little stone bridges underneath. Well, yeah, a giant bus can't get, can't get through there. But here's the deal. When they built those stone overpasses over 100 years ago... There you, were no... But buses that were going under the stone overwood. There were no buses. And also the black and colored population of New York City at that time was less than 3%. Right. So So, when that road was built, it wasn't going through a predominantly black neighborhood. What I love is when President Biden the other day was talking about the infrastructure bill. And he talked about how this infrastructure bill is going to fix supply chain problems. It's going to, they're going to make the the bridges bigger so you can double decker trains through and it's good. That's great for 15 years from now. How about the boats that are in the Harbor right now at a record 111 uh, cargo carriers sitting at at anchor right now, waiting to get unloaded. I like that. I like the, uh, the the uh, judge from the uh, the trial there the Rittenhouse trial and he sat there during lunch at the lunch break and he goes well we're going to be having Asian food today I hope our Asian food isn't stuck on one of those cargo haulers out there that are stuck outside off the coast of California and then it went to break and I was like holy crap that's hysterical Check I have out. been laughing at that at that whole everything I've seen about that has made me laugh that whole trial. Uh, the prosecution witnesses that are basically making the defense case, yeah. the prosecutor who is is breaking so many rules that there's like automatic grounds for an appeal if he happens to get uh, convicted. Like, <laughs> well, he he is definitely. I, I I'm convinced that that prosecutor got this case and he was like he thought about it. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get my 15 seconds of fame. I'm gonna get into TV. I convicted you know Kyle Rittenhouse, and then then he realized uh, there's, there's no, no case. case. or a or he didn't prepare one of the two and i find it hard to believe that he didn't prepare because he's supposedly an experienced he's supposedly a very good trial lawyer i don't see that i have not seen that i haven't seen it in the way he speaks i haven't seen it in his mannerisms or anything else he kind of seems like a really awkward person to be around my favorite one was when he was he's he's uh crossing with with rittenhouse himself and he said, well, you just ran by here. You got off the phone with so-and-so, and he told you to go put out the fire. And you ran through this picture frame, the, the frame on this. 
you know, why why were you in such a hurry? He was like, it was on fire. It's a fire? <laughs> or how about when he asked, after he shot the guy that was trying to kill him, why didn't he give him aid? Right. Uh, uh, my favorite one. This this I wish Kyle nothing against Kyle. Kyle seems to be a great kid. I wish he wasn't quite as nervous or maybe had a little bit of an asshole in him or or was quicker on his feet or something. But when when the prosecutor was asking him, so you didn't plan on needing protection, but you took your AR fifteen for protection. I wish he would have said, Yeah, just like I buckle my seatbelt even though I don't plan on getting to in a car accident. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 would have been great uh, actually what i would have loved to see like when he was when the guy starts asking him like they were t- talking about bullets and he asked the question about bullets which i thought was so stupid and then he said the dumbest thing i've ever heard a human being say about bullets well a hollow point rounds designed to stop inside the human body no pal that's not the way that bullet works at all apparently you've never taken a simple and then the judge jumped in and corrected him and i'm sitting there going holy this can't get any worse for the prosecution they suck they prove nothing i mean it almost seems like our current administration like the incompetence is deliberate how how can you be that bad on accident and then I have to I have to wonder what's the play down the road. What do you think the play is down the road? What do you think the next step is? Is if the administration is this bad or they're either doing it on purpose, which I don't believe. I happen to believe I think they're doing it on purpose, but what is that to, how does that gain anything for us? Are we back to the administration or are we still talking about Rittenhouse? Either or. Either or. <laughs> we well, kind of open the door. They're actually I think they're actually connected, so with the administration, I think there are several parts of it that they are doing on purpose with specific goals in mind. Um, the the uh, gas fuel crisis is intentional. Um, we have, uh, what was it? We got 31% highest gas prices in seven years. Do you think that is to push the Green New Deal type thing? Exactly. That's the, 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 the specific goal is to make gasoline so expensive that you want to go buy an electric vehicle, that you can't afford to buy an internal combustion engine anymore. That, that is clearly the goal. The um, Domestic Energy Producer Alliance had a spokesperson come out and said that it was Biden policies that were hindering American production of gasoline and oil. Well, the oil, I think, is the oil, the reason you brought up, and one of the things you, when you brought up the petroleum part, I think the, the real big one, too, and I, I agree with you on the, I completely agree with you on the, on the, just the cost of gasoline alone, just for cars, but when you get to oil and petroleum, you start looking at home heating oil. What else does that push on the Green New Deal side? Solar panels. That makes everybody want to go solar. Oh, well, if I can harness the snow covers your solar panels. Thank you. That's what I, I've been. I've been like, what are you going to do about that then, Joe? What about when we have a massive snow a nor'easter that blankets the northeast for like three days? Uh, your batteries only last 24 hours. They can only hold up to like nowadays the batteries can only hold, hold up to a capacity of 24 hours. And it's not um, that reserve energy that can't not be like 
it's if I remember correctly, it's not like a, a hold it on. It's not like something that like you can hold on to that energy. It does dissipate after time. So what then, Joe? Three days in, no snow or all snow, no sun. You can't go out there every hour and wipe off your freaking solar panels. I mean, I guess you could. We go out and plow driveways once an hour, but I don't see anybody walking out and brushing off their freaking solar panels. I don't think that they, they the progressive movement, I don't think they put that much thought into it. I don't. I think that's typical of the progressives. They never look at the the after effects, the long term effects, the side effects, the unintended consequences. They're pushing green cars, electric vehicles. They want electric vehicle charging stations that you're going to pay for with your tax dollars, because you know Elon Musk can't afford to put them in himself, um, and make gas prices go up that's their goal that's all they're going for oh crap now people are going to freeze to death i didn't think of that is honestly how i think they are i don't think they looked that far into advance into it i don't think they they realized that oil is also petroleum uh, uh, propane and natural gas and so many other things they they're looking at it as just gas we got to get rid of gas internal combustion bad yeah i i I agree i don't i I, and i don't i don't want to say that they don't think of that because they're not again they're not dumb they just think the rest of us are and they are completely convinced that the rest of us are stupid and we can't figure this out but the fact that we figured it out and then we look and then we look back at them with these questions are even dawn for instance just the other day what was it uh it wasn't Pisaki. It was, uh, what's her underling? Jean-Pierre, Jean yeah, whatever. When, when she was asked about uh, Jake Sullivan being involved in the whole uh, conspiracy uh, with, with, the, Durham. with Durham. And he, she was like, uh, well, we just found out. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't hear that before. I, I really have to look into it because I, um, I just heard that from you just now. I have no idea what you're talking about. Get out of here. Really? They play dumb. And, you know, I I agree with you to a point, Pete. There are people that are going to freeze to death this winter because of lack of basic fuel. But I think the administration has already taken that into account. I think they just don't care. I'm tr- I guess I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt that they're – that they're so focused on one thing that they ignore the the side effects. And I, I, I think that happens with almost everything that they do. Oh, well, we have to help the transgender feel more comfortable. Let's let them pick their bathrooms. Oh, what? A little girl got raped by a guy in a skirt? <gasps> I didn't think of that. Like, But they did think of that. That's the thing. Everything that they do with these horrible consequences, with these after effects that rile people up, just get us to fight each other because they want a war. They want us to fight each other. They use Democrats and Republicans. They use politics to pit us against each other. Now they use the vaccine to pit us against each other, right? They're going after the kids now. This is all to get us to fight each other. They want a war. They talk about unity, but everything that they say is a lie. They want us divided. They want us fighting each other so that we don't pay attention to them and to how badly they're screwing us. Well, I, this is my notes from yesterday's show where I wrote down, you know, here are the uh, one, two, three, four, six biggest issues in our country uh, that I firmly lay at the feet of Joe Biden. And one of them is division. And 
they definitely want division. I don't think they want war. I don't think anybody really wants war, but they do want division because as long as we're divided, they have all the power. And that is their ultimate goal. And as far as division co- goes, they com- they talk of unity, but they're the ones that are always dividing us. They're always dividing, you know, the Democratic Party in, in particular, but the Republicans really aren't that much better at this. They talk about unity. You know, Joe Biden was supposed to be the great unifier. I'm going to be president for Democrats and Republicans. I'm going to be an American president. But then they're always talking about, you know, the people of color. And they're always talking about the upper class and the lower class and the middle. You know, they're, they're always putting people in groups. They never look at us as Americans. And I, one of the things I'm trying to do, and I'm, I'm still not good at it, but I'm trying to stop referring to black Americans or, or Hispanic Americans and try to make it American Hispanics and American blacks and put the word American first. And like I said, I'm, I'm not very good at it yet. I still do it both ways. Ding. Innuendo bell. Ding. <laughs> but that, that, that's another great point though. I mean, they've done that the whole time and he hasn't stopped. I mean, he just showed it his ass again on, just Veterans Day at yep. Arlington in front of the whole yep. nation. Here, if you let me, if you uh, <clears throat> let me share the screen, I've, I've actually got that right here. I thought I gave it to you already. Oh, well, I'll share it. I have it pulled up on one of these. You should be able to share somewhere in there. But anyway, yeah, that was another, I mean, he went and showed his ass again and separated America. Um, He's, uh, this isn't obviously the first time with any of them. I, I'm amazed. I, I, I'm completely bewildered when I watch him and he does this and he doesn't think, uh, he doesn't think it's wrong, which is the scarier part. I think that's, that's the real unfortunate part of this. Here we go. I Am I going to, you might have to unmute yourself to play that. You're right. Do you get it? Yeah. No. I don't think it's going to work. Mic. <clears throat> either way that's too bad but you well, know you don't have the tv on either so yeah that's why the monitor's not on but either way again it's just one of those crazy i i'm confused they have a lot of different uh they got a lot of different expectations and the more and more i see like the green party or any of these the especially the the progressive left they're the really scary ones i mean because you know we just watched uh, <clears throat> aoc and the squad I, I they got thumped again and i thought that was hysterical and it, it continues it just it never ends i mean this is going to be a show that we're going to watch for the next four years it's like watching uh i i consider this now like a version of rosie was it a roseanne um, watching like the first two seasons of Roseanne, that's that type of car wreck that we get to watch for the next four years. And it's just going <laughs> to happen over and over and over again. And I'm, I, I, I don't know if I'm more interested to see. So what are your predictions for 2022? 
I'm, I'm hoping for a complete constitutional wave. I don't want to say a red wave because I want more than just Republicans. I want small government constitutionalist type folks to take offices all over the place. The, the most recent, you know, the 2021 elections, the local elections and stuff were a pretty good sign for us. Um, you know, you got Ed Durr winning the, against the, the uh, Senate president in New Jersey who had been there for 20 years. Ed Durr beat him for like 2,500 bucks. <laughs> it was, that's awesome. <laughs> was it even 20? I don't even think it was 2,500. Spent, I think it was 147.85. He, no, he spent $153 of his own money to buy donuts for his volunteers. And then he used, I think, $6,000 in campaign funds for ads. And that was it. It was the, 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 the first 100, 153 or whatever was during the primary. And then once he actually got the primary, you know, once he got the party nomination, then he spent like a couple of grand more, like, which is awesome. Um, I mean, that's a great sign. That's, uh, that's, that's a gr- grassroots campaign right there. I got bad news for liberals that continue to say that they had a grassroots campaign. That is a grassroots campaign. And with, with, you know, Yunkin was big uh, winning Virginia, but I don't think that Yunkin winning is nearly as big as the fact that the Republicans swept the governor, the lieutenant governor, the attorney general, the all three of the statewide seats, as well as took over the House of Delegates, took power in the House of Delegates. So Virginia is officially a red state come January. Not only that, they took, what, eight, uh, eight more counties that Biden had won during the 2020 campaign as well that, that were have always, almost always historically gone blue. And they have taken them and they're now red. Right. And that's, that's, that's all very good signs for, for, for the red team. However, I don't, to be quite honest, I don't really care a whole lot about the red team. I there's there's too many of them that have the r next to their name that really aren't republican in nature or or that are too devoted to the party i want people in washington that are devoted to the constitution and the people that they represent i don't care what letter is after their name i I couldn't agree with you and that i mean everybody says you know the you mean you couldn't agree more the rhino yeah. And um, the, it, it, it's amazing to me when I, I, I hear the some of the things that people say and they say, oh, well, I'm a Republican. And then you hear them right in the same sentence say, but I like abortion. Yeah, right. Uh, that's that's, like Joe Biden saying I'm a Catholic, but I support abortion. Yeah, exactly. And that's actually one show that I've, I've thought about doing and I, I haven't put the work into it. Um, I'm not a terribly religious person, but. I honestly think that if you are a Christian, that the Constitution Party is really the only party that you could possibly align with. And I, I think that would be an interesting show, but I'm not a very religious person, so I'm not necessarily the, the best person to, to host that show. I, but I want people that are willing to get into Washington, you know, behind me in the, in the videos is my latest book. I want people that have simple ideas that can fix problems in, instead of, I, mean, I said this before, I've said this many, many times. The U.S. Constitution is 4,500 words long, 4,573 or something like that. 
the last bill that that Congress was voting on had over 8,000 pages to the bill. Anything Congress does should be simple enough that we, the people, can read it and understand it without hiring attorneys. I want people in Congress that push for that again. Where, If you think back in the day, do you think somebody is going to sit out and scribe out 8,000 pages for a bill that was – do you think – because remember back in the day, they didn't have computers. They didn't have ways to read it. They read every bill on the floor. Word I, think word. That, I, think that, I think that should come back because I tell you what, you're not going to write an 8,000-page document if you've got to read this son of a bitch on the floor. Yeah, they will. They won't read it. They'll have some somebody else read it. But but I want I – want, let's get some – uh, real accountability in government. Let's have pass the HR 46, the one bill, one topic transparency act that says that you can't pass a bill or a joint resolution that deals with more than one topic at a time. Let's, let's put time limits in there that for every paid bill, you've got to have at least a one day delay before the vote. Try putting out eight thousand page bills if you have to put if you have to wait eight thousand days before you're allowed to vote on it. Shit, half the people wouldn't even be alive anymore. Right, they put out these bills and expect the vote within a week. It's eight thousand pages long. You have to read faster than Sheldon Cooper to be able to read that. It's like it's easy language to understand. It's it's all it's lawyer speak. Right. The U.S. tax code is 44,000 pages long. That is the length of 36 copies of the King James Bible. That's insane. There's not a man, woman, or child alive that can understand that bill. You have to have an entire team of attorneys to understand the U.S. tax code. And that's how they get away with all the shady crap that they do. Yeah, because they bury it, they hide it, they 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 hide. But that that's my biggest <clears throat> one of my big things. I, I get stuck or, or wrapped around the axle on is like I see these people like they slip these bills in and they say, "Oh, well, we're only going to do it to this class of people. We're only going to do this to the rich. We're not going to do this to the middle class." Bullshit. Because the second that you enact the bill for you to change the bill. You can change the bill. We'll never even know you changed it. We'll vote on it, but we'll have absolutely no idea that you slid that in and it's part of some backdoor deal that now I can tax everybody $400,000 and lower. It just makes it that much easier for them. And that's why when I saw this 1.3 porculus bill that was going through, I'm sitting there going, this is not, and and I see this other infrastructure bill that he's trying to push through now. I'm like, this is nothing that we want. We don't want it. We're building roads and bridges for no reason. You mean the... And not to mention, why aren't more people standing up and saying, wait, we have a federal gas tax, right? That's the money from the federal tax gas tax is supposed to maintain federal roads. Where's all that money been going if you need $1.2 trillion now to fix the roads and bridges? Where has where's all that other money gone? Well, a uh, part of that bill is going to tree equity. Yeah, I know. Tree mm-hmm. equity. Trees are racist. Don't you know that? I, I Apparently they are. I've got a black locust tree in my backyard. Oh, my that, God. That's so racist. 
you're getting you're I've, getting, I've got a, you're getting canceled. I've got a Japanese tree in my backyard and that's cultural appropriation, so I'm screwed too. <laughs> I got a white oak in my backyard. Seems <gasps> <laughs> me a supremacist, doesn't it? Dang it. I'm woke. He's a white supremacist. Yeah, but apparently tree equi- equity is because there are fewer green spaces in poor neighborhoods than there are in rich neighborhoods, right? So there's fewer green spaces, as Camel Toe put it. There are fewer trees where black people live than there are where white people live. Is that a bit of a decision I'm hearing in your voice, babe? Um, Yeah. Uh, that came straight out of Camel Toe's mouth, so I, you know. That's that's what it is, but that's what tree equity is. So they want to they want to plant more trees in the middle of concrete. I'm not quite sure how they're going to do that. Actually, what I think they're going to what they're planning on doing for tree equity is shipping people out of the cities and into you know the suburbs. Well, yeah, they're going to relocate them like they wanted to do, like Obama wanted to do, what five six years ago. That's what they were going for then. Trump put a stop to it. Now it's back on the block and they they want to integrate. They want to reintegrate. They want to segregate us on one level with vaccines and they want to reintegrate us on another level by shipping poor people into other neighborhoods where then they can't afford to go to work because there's no buses or trains and they can't afford gas. What it all boils down to is they want an all-powerful, all-controlling government. They, they, that's, that's the ultimate goal. They want to federalize the elections. They want to federalize, uh, you know, zoning, you know, building permits and such. They want to federalize everything so that the, how did Reagan put it? The, the, the small group of, you know, when people, the people in the distant capital can control your lives better than you. That's what they want. They're the smart people in the room. They want to have control over every aspect of your life. And we, the people, need to wake up and realize that anything the government gives you, the government can take away. What else did Reagan say? The scariest words in the English language is, I'm from the government and I'm here to help? Yep. Yeah, I think that was actually the same speech. Yes, it was. All right. Well, before we let you go, Pete, tell everyone again where they can find you and where they can get a copy of your books and uh, where they can listen to your amazing voice. And especially get a copy. Of, he, he does he does sell a copy of the Constitution. And uh, that is uh, I think everybody should have one. We have one sitting right here on our table and uh, we hold on to it near and dear to our hearts. And uh, we make sure we keep it around and because we always refer to it. And there's you got to have a copy of the Constitution as far as I'm concerned. I, I got to correct you on that, though. I do not sell the Constitution. The Constitution oh. should never should never be charged for. I give it away for free. There you go. So Excellent. even better. So you're going to get a free copy of the Constitution. But they've they've I've spent several hundred dollars of my own money to buy them. So if you want to help me with that, there's a donate button on my homepage, liberty-lighthouse.com. If you donate to there, that that money all goes to buying more copies of the U.S. Constitution. That's the best way to find me, liberty-lighthouse.com. There's a page for my two books. They're $7.99 on Amazon in paperback and $2.99 in audiobook or ebook. Um, my Liberty Minutes and the Liberty Lighthouse is all there, liberty-lighthouse.com. All my socials are there, everything you need to know about me. Well, and, and I love, you know, I love getting up in the morning and, and listening to your Liberty Minute. It's hysterical. I, I watch it on Cloud Hub, which is where you and I first connected. So right. um, that's, you know, that's that's great. 
check them out on CloudHub. That's a, a blast. I just, you know, spend a minute of my morning going, oh, what snarky thing does Pete have to say today? <laughs> it, I think today was all about uh, the, electri- the electrical movement and making Elon Musk even richer. And why is the government doing this in the first place? And yeah, yeah. 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 Well, right. we're definitely going to have to have you back on. Um, maybe we'll bring you on for like one of our new shows. Uh, we got a couple hours to kill because they do take a couple hours because we <laughs> go through everything. Yeah, we we don't we we don't skim the wave tops. We do all the topics and we get pretty deep into all of them. So uh, it it takes some time. But the news cycle moves so fast that even then we're throwing out half our stories because there's just. So so much, so much to cover. And if you miss something, then, you know, three, four days later, it's it's gone. It, we've gone through six cycles by then. So it's just craziness. Six. It's well, like- coming week, I've got uh, Jason Mon, a Republican candidate for governor here in uh, my home state, uh, home Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, coming on to be uh, uh, on for the, uh, what do I call it? A town hall. Call in, ask him questions. Uh, that's next week. And I think that's the last one I have scheduled, the last appointment. So after next week, I have to start doing show prep again. Well, we got a couple of politicians we can send your way to. So, yep. uh, Dr. Cordy Williams from yep. uh, California, who's declared he's running for uh, Senate seat in California. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Dr. Mark Sherwood, who's running yep. for governor of Oklahoma. And uh, Dr. obviously, Dr. Candace Taylor running for governor here in Georgia. So... We do our rounds of the politicians as well. Good. Send them my way. Yeah, absolutely. And they're and they're really good folks. You, you would like them. I, I've done a little bit. Of, I'm like I said, I, I don't know if you had a chance to even go look at the MAGA site yet. Uh, the one the, uh, the MAGA Institute. Yeah. The make uh, America first candidates and be a become a sponsor where you can actually they're an ambassador where you vet candidates for they, them. Essentially, they take that stuff seriously. I was actually impressed. I was uh they were like, you know, they they're, they're doing their own vetting. They'll do your own their own vetting of you before they actually take you on as an ambassador, which is I was go for it. I've had I don't know how many security clearances go for it and they've never found anything on me. So I'm fairly certain you're not going to find anything on me. Good luck. Well, I want to know when you two have changed your voter registration to Constitution Party. <laughs> oh, I, I will let you know that I will immediately uh, I, I'm actually been looking down here in Savannah to see if we have like a local um you know, a, a constitution group down here. I, I haven't found anything yet. I'm still looking. I'm, I, I reached out to the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, the voting, uh, our voting, whatever the precinct, hell it is. Yeah, precinct committee. And I'm trying to find out if there's a named person for the head of the constitution party in Savannah, Georgia. I was going to say, have you, have you found the constitution party of Georgia website yet? No, I haven't even gone and looked, to be honest with you. It's been I, a little crazy. We were in Denver for a few days, so, you know, travel sucks too, so. Yeah, and on top of that, we're going to be, we just joined a whole other network, so things are about to get even crazier for us because we just like to make our lives difficult. Yeah, so. we weren't busy enough, so we had to go join another platform. Yeah. It's uh, GAConstitutionParty.com. Or Excellent. Dot .com or dot .org? Now I got to go back and look. Dot .org. GAConstitutionParty.org. So if you live in Georgia and you like what Pete said, uh, if you listen to us on his show and our conversation about it, and you listen to us here tonight and you like what Pete said, go on, look it up, gaconstitutionparty.org. Go look it up. And uh, like I said, just read the mission statement. Read the opening paragraph. It's basically a mission statement. They call it something else. I don't remember off the top of my head what it's called. But just go read the opening paragraph. If that 
sticks with you. I mean, let it sit in. Let it sink in. Think about it a little bit. Give it a couple days. And then go back on there and look at the rest. Because that's what I did. And I was like, I don't know why I've ever said I was Republican. Because I never was. (laughs) And it's scary to think about that way. It is. But either way, Pete, I appreciate you coming on tonight. We appreciate having you. And uh, like I said, you're going to have to come back and do a news episode with us where we actually can dig into some of this stuff. And we'll kind of maybe we might do a little show prep and send you some of the stories we're going to talk about. (laughs) So that way, I don't know if you want to talk about them, you jump in anytime. We just talk about what's going on in the news and we don't read the whole story. I've read most of them and then I come back, I mull over them for a couple of days. I pick out the ones that I think are the most important that people need to know about that maybe the reporters themselves didn't even realize how, how important they were or unless one of my sources reaches out to me. That's always the bigger part, but which we've had a couple of those this week, which is really weird. Yeah. So we're going to get some good news on our new show coming up here next. So I'll just give you a hint. There's a lot of poop in the white house <laughs> and I'm not talking about personal people and stuff or feelings. No, I'm talking about physical poop. That is not making the yes. toilet. That's a little, a little TMI, babe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So either way, we're going to end on a poop, poop story. <laughs> Pete, thanks for coming on. Sorry for the poop story at the end. But we really did enjoy having you. And uh, like I said, we'll have you back. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. All right. Have thanks, a good guys. Bye. Bye.